0: You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Here's a story today about a grandson. It's an amazing story. And the Bible says, and David said, Is there yet any that is left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? There was of the house of Saul a servant whose name was Ziba. And when they had called him unto David the king, he said unto him, Art thou Ziba? And they said, Thy servant is he. And the king said, Is there are not yet any of the house of Saul that I may show in kindness of God unto him. And Zebah said unto the king, Jonathan hath yet a son which is lame on his feet. Would you go back with me first to 1 Samuel chapter 9. 1 Samuel 9. Let's get some background so we can get to that message about this boy by the name of Mephibosheth. Here is, here is the first king. His name was Saul. Save, David followed him uh, later, but, but David's not the king. David's just still a shepherd boy. And in 1 Samuel 9, the, the Bible says this in verse number 2 about a man by the name of Kish in verse 1. Verse 2, he had a son whose name was Saul. Watch him. A choice young man and goodly, and there was not of the children of Israel a goodlier person than he. From the shoulders upward, he was higher than any of the people. This guy was tall and handsome. He was just, that's that's our king. That's why I want to be our king. And in chapter number 10, the next chapter, Samuel took a vial of oil and poured it upon his head and kissed him and said, is this because the Lord hath anointed thee to be captain over the inheritance? And so, He was anointed king. He was chosen king. He was anointed king. And by the way, look at verse 6 of chapter 10. The Spirit of the Lord will come upon thee, and thou shalt prophesy, and thou shalt be turned into another man. Verse number 9, and so it was that when he had turned his back from Samuel, God gave him another heart. Look at, here's a man, Saul, tall, handsome, good looking, and and God's hand was on him, God's touch was on him, And, and God turned, he put his spirit upon him and he's turned into another man. What an amazing background. Go with me to chapter 31, please, of 1 Samuel. From that chapter, so you get to chapter 31, Saul destroyed his life. He went and counseled with the witch of Endor. He tried to kill David throwing a javelin at him. He hunted David in caves and in the wilderness. And he went after David trying to kill this, this boy who was such a, a, a great family, a friend of their family. He was Jonathan, his son's best friend. He got so obsessed with killing David, he sought to kill his own son, Jonathan. A man that had everything going for him. He had looks didn't have beady eyes. He had looks. He had talent. He was tall. He was winsome. He had the touch of God. The Spirit of God came up. He was anointed first king. They chose him. We want Saul. You get to chapter 31. In chapter number 31, you see tragedy strikes. Now the Philistines fought against Israel. And the men of Israel fled from before the Philistines and fell down in the Mount Gilboa. Notice, if you will, as we get to verse number six. So Saul died and his three sons and his armor bearer and all his men that same day. Look at verse 12. The valiant men arose, all, uh, went all night and he took the body of Saul and the bodies of his son from the wall of Bethshan, and came to Jabesh, and burnt them there. And they took their bones and buried them under a tree. Fasted seven days. Now this great family—they had banquet tables, they had a place to live that was amazing. He was the leader of the country of Israel. It's just an amazing thing. And now it's all gone in a heartbeat, and his boys died. They cut his head off. His boys, Jonathan, David's dear friend, died on that Mount Gilboa. God said it's cursed, and by the way, if you go to Gilboa, it's still cursed to this day. Nothing grows there. And, and the Bible the Bible, mentions the fact that, that all of them died. He lost everything. He lost it all. Pride, arrogancy, Self-willed, determination. I don't need God. I'll do it my own way. I'll take care of everything. I'm okay. I don't need anybody. But it lost it all. Now that mighty family has vanished from the scene. No one's left. David is now king. David grew up as a shepherd. He had a pastoral heart. And his pastor's heart Shows here. I think every mother ought to have a pastoral heart. I think every dad needs a pastoral heart. You don't lead your children uh, through fear or through loud volume and, hey, sit down! and, And harsh words, shut your mouth and listen to me. That's not how you lead children. That's not how you lead a marriage. The parents' words ought to be kind to one another. A man ought to speak, amen, kindly to his wife. A wife ought to speak kindly to her husband. Parents ought to speak kindly to their children, children to their parents. Children ought to speak kindly with one another, and we ought to stop this nonsense where we're we're yelling at one another, screaming at one another, you're ugly and calling awful names to one another. That's not what a home's all about. And today, if that's what's in your home, stop it today. Well, what therapy do I need? An old-fashioned altar. Get right with God in just a few moments. Come forward and say, God, I'm wrong. Turn to your mate, turn to your children, turn to your brothers, your siblings, and say, I am wrong. It's amazing what confession does, not to me, but to the people that you've wronged. And here he is. We get to chapter 9. And now, in 2 Samuel chapter 9, where we began to read, there's a boy that's left. And I want to look at verse number one and verse number three on this subject. Any left? Is any left that I could show some kindness? Is there any left uh, in your home, anybody left that I could absolutely show kindness to this person? Can I show kindness? You know, I, I think you all know by now, I, I love going to the cemeteries. It's so and I'm not saying this to be humorous, so, so peaceful, so quiet the one here in Santa Clara, we have two. And we have so many people that are laid to rest out in these cemeteries. And I try just to walk those streets and walk to those markers and just pray. And then when I come to the marker of your family, I try to pray for your family. Uh, We have two in Santa Clara. We buried many up here in Fremont on Cedar Lawn. Uh, It's such a, a beautiful place. And many of your children and loved ones and just see, Brother Van Dyke, your son is buried there and so many other folks. And then we've had many that have been buried at Chapel of the Chimes when you cross over Fremont into Hayward. And, and I, I love, help us ushers, please, somewhere. I, I, love, I love visiting these markers, but I also like to walk through the cemeteries. Our, 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 our cemetery over here in Santa Clara you have people that have been it says date of birth, seventeen hundreds in the 1700s. Wow. And brother Fero, what I often think about 1700s died in 1802. I often think about is there any family left? I would doubt it. People are just laid to rest there. I wonder if there anybody left. Most of my relatives are buried in Wisconsin. And in Wisconsin, most of our, all the aunts and uncles are all gone now. And, and I never get back there. I never get to see, it. it's Graceland, it's called. I don't, I don't get back there to see it. We go back every few years to your mom's grave. She's been laying there for 53 years on October 4th, your mother, and now our father-in-law, my father-in-law, their dad, my wife and my sister in law's dad is laid next to her 50 years later. We like to go out there and our relatives take care of the, the marker. I like to go out to Jennifer, her, her marker, 23 years of age, when our niece, when she was killed in that car wreck on a Sunday afternoon. I like to spend time out there. I love spending time out here in Santa Clara. I, I saw a Reverend uh, uh, marker. Uh, 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 oblique many years ago and I, I thought, I wonder where he pastored. I, I wonder I wonder uh, where his wife is buried. I wonder about his children, his grandchildren, his great-grandchildren, his great-great-grandchildren. There are some, you can see that are, are from the Civil War that are, in, that are laid to rest out there. You have the potter's field out there where every cemetery has a potter field. There's no markers. And I go out and I stand on that knoll of the potter's field where poor people have been buried with no marker. They just laid to rest there in, in cemeteries all over America. The potters Field, like Judas was, bo- uh, was buried in. I wonder, is there anybody left uh, to come and clean the marker? I wonder, is there anybody left to put flowers from time to time? I wonder, is there anyone left that just goes out there and thinks about that loved one we have one region that so many of our people are laid to rest, and a, a flight a, a a young lady from 9-11 on United Airlines is laid to rest right there. And I walk through that cemetery and I think of these people. I wonder is there anybody left in your home that you're living with that you can do good to? Amen. I wonder is there anybody in your neighborhood that you can anybody left that could do good to in, in my neighborhood at Thanksgiving. I wonder if there's someone I can buy a Christmas tree for this year. I wonder if there's some lady that she used to do Christmas. Her husband was alive. Her children were alive. they moved away. She's in that house by herself. I wonder if I can put Christmas lights up for her. I wonder if I can rake the leaves that are coming down these days. I wonder how I can provide joy to the life. Is anyone left? Notice what the Bible says. Is anyone left in verse number one? Verse number three, is anyone left? And they said, oh, there's one. There's one. Verse four, the king said unto him, where is he? Where is this boy who's lame on his feet? Verse three and verse four, the king sent. he said, he's down in Lodibar. Lodibar Debar. And the king sent and fetched him out of the house of Makar, the son of Amiel, from Lodibar. And when Misbisheseth watched this boy, so fearful, oh no! Why does the king want to see me? He knows I'm inherit, I, 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 my, 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 He knows I'm related to Jonathan, and he knows my grandfather that hated King David. He knows how my grandfather mistreated him, and now here I'm lame. I have nothing to give. And when Misbisheseth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, was come to David. He fell on his face and did reverence. And David said, Mephibosheth. And he asked him, Behold thy servant. And David said, Fear not, for I will surely show thee kindness for Jonathan, thy father's sake. And I will restore to thee the land of Saul, thy father. And thou shalt eat bread at my table. You'll see that at my table often in this text. And he bowed himself and said, What is thy servant that thou shalt look upon such a dead dog as I am? We'll keep reading, but let me stop right there. There There's so many people that have a low opinion about themselves. I'm one of those 20 million kids that are living in a home without a dad because my parents are split up. I'm, I'm one of those kids that's poor. And I have nothing in life. I'm one of those kids where my dad's gone, but my mother has revolving door of men coming every night to our house. And you'd be shocked how often I hear that. I'm one of those kids where I watch my mother pass out repeatedly with needles in her arms, drugs in her her arms, In her body. I'm dead. I'm, 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 I'm just a dog. I'm nothing. I have no talent. We have no possessions. We have nothing. I'm a dead dog. There's a world out here that the vast majority feel that way about themselves. That's why so many are doing things to draw attention to their bodies. I'm lonely. I'm sad. I'm angry. I'm without hope. Will someone look at me? Look what the Bible says. We'll continue. And king, the king called Ziba, uh, Saul's servant, and said unto him, I have given thy master's son all that pertaineth to Saul, to all his house. Now, therefore, and thy sons and thy servants shall till the land for him. Now, so bring them the fruits that my master's son, may have food to eat, but Mephibosheth, thy thy master's son, shall eat always at my table. Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. And Ziba said to the king, according to all that the Lord thy king hath commanded his servants, so shall thy servant do. As for Mephibosheth, the king said, he shall eat at my table as one of the king's sons. And Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was Micah, Micah, and and all that dwelt in the house of Ziba were servants unto Mephibosheth. And Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem, for he did eat continually at the king's table and was lame on both of his feet. I want you to know tonight, today, that that David looked for an opportunity. How could I help Someone. My my good friend Jonathan, he's dead on Mount Gilboa. His brothers, two brothers, Abinadab and his brother are both both dead. And his daddy's dead, head was severed from his body. There's got to be somebody left. I know the family, nobody knows about the family. But there has to be someone's left. In verse 3, we saw that he found a lame grandson a lame grandson This grandson this boy had nothing to offer David He was lame on his feet This boy was paralyzed in 2nd Samuel 4:4 4, 4, when war invaded and his nurse Picked him up, he was in a wealthy home, and she fell, and his feet were paralyzed. He had nothing to give her, nothing to give David. I wonder how many people in our neighborhoods are at work. They're looking just for a smile, they're looking for a God bless you, they're looking for a tip, Uh, they're looking for a, a, a word of kindness. You do a great job. Thank you for always being so fill-in-the-blank positive. Could we be released here in just a few moments and say, I, I, I'm going to find some people that are lame on their feet. and I'm not just talking about uh, the, 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 they're in a wheelchair or a walker, though that may be something. I'm talking about people that feel about, about themselves. I, I have nothing to give to anyone. Not only was he lame on his feet, he was lonely. He was from the town, verse 4, of Lodibar. Lodibar is an interesting word. It simply means pastureless. There was no pasture there. It means consequently barrenness. It was not a place where you went to live. You lived in Jerusalem. You lived in Damascus. You did not live in Lodibar. Lodibar was for the, I don't mean this, low-life people. They they had nothing to give. It was barren. Today there are so many lonely people in barren places, difficult places, hardship, sadness, suffering, hopeless, barren places in life. No hope getting out of. Uh, this kind of housing, no hope of a good job, no hope of, uh, of ever having two nickels to rub together. And it's just not about giving money. Well, that would be part of it. Hey, have you ever thought about, have you ever thought about caring for people that are lonely? Suicide killed more men during COVID than any other group, adult men. More men by a large Hundreds, uh, uh, tens of thousands killed themselves during COVID than women. And without, uh, without exception, almost they, they, they took inventory that most died at, with these words I'm just lonely. I'm just lonely. That, that girl. Who became so beautiful, who had have been abused in a drunkard's home, and then the drunkard left, and then the stepdads came and abused her morally. She was a pretty little girl. And, and they abused her. And, and then she became so beautiful as a teenager. And the renters that came and rented in the house, they, those men would abuse her. So beautiful. They found out she had a beautiful voice, she became so very talented. And that girl became a national figure, spent time in the White House. New President John F. Kennedy, who this week, uh, next week, it'll be 60 years, uh, November 22nd, that he passed away was killed. This girl sang happy birthday to him. She became a movie star, a very sensual uh, girl. Everybody lauded her, but her life was out of control. No, she said, no one's ever loved me. She called her publicist the night she took her life. And she said, doesn't anybody care? And his words to her, no, none of us care. Do what you want to do with yourself. They found the phone off the hook. The next morning, Marilyn Monroe had killed herself. She had beauty. She had talent. But she was lonely in life. You know that person at your job that's giving you such a hassle, that's fighting against you, that's trying to make your life miserable? Perhaps it's just because that man or that lady is lonely. We live in a lonely world. You look at the average teenager at any bus stop in America as they're waiting for the school bus to come. It's very obvious on their face they're lonely. No one's laughing. No one's smiling. No one's talking. It's just nowhere. Why? We live in a lonely world. He lived in Lodibar. Not only was he lonely, he was lame, but he had no legacy. What, What do you mean by legacy? When something is passed down to another, what he had to look forward to was poverty, no help, no hope, living in a barren place. But then someone, by the name of David, found him. And he said, because of your dad and your grandfather, I'm going to restore all that land that was theirs. And I'm going to have people work your land, and that money will come to you, and you're going to eat at my table. We're going to take care of you. I wonder this week, can we smile at folks? I wonder if we can greet people. Hello, how are you doing? I wonder if we can hold doors and compliment people. I wonder if we can give to people this week and and feed people and assist people this week and encourage and thoughtfulness and write notes and write texts and send texts. I wonder if we could do that. Amen. Just this week, if we can just do it, release all this crowd of people to be good to people. To me, it's always amazing, and I'll walk around, and I'll, I'll go down the street sometimes from my house to here, and I was walking this past week, and it's just a just three-foot sidewalk, and nobody else is there. This guy is coming, I'm, I'm coming, and, and uh, I forget exactly where I was at. I was Maybe on Clyde Avenue, I forget. And I was walking, and I said, uh, Hello, how are you? I walked by, Hello, how are you doing? Just looked at me. Well, you know what? That ticks me off. <laughs> I'm human enough, come on. And he walked by, and he's about over there. He couldn't hear me. I said, well, God bless you. I'm going to have a good day myself. Thanks for talking to me. Have a wonderful, you know, and I I, I know he didn't hear me. That would have been rude. Folks will treat you that way. Sometimes you'll give to people, and they expect more. Sometimes you give a smile, and you get a frown. Sometimes you give a tip, and they look like, How about some more? But I'm asking us to leave here. Is there anybody left I can show kindness to? I've practiced this message many times this week. I said, let me see how many people I can make smile with these beady eyes. (laughs) I believe every place I went, Every, every place I went, I tried to get some things. You know, we go to these thrift shops and we buy it and then we take it back and give it back to them. And it's just crazy. And, and we, we, we like the thrift shop. So I went, we had a, a, a beautiful piece of furniture that, uh, we, it was nice. And so I took it, loaded it in a truck and I, and I took it to this one place the day before. They said, oh, yes, we'll take that. And I got there, said, no, no. I'm driving up, shaking the head. No, we don't take that. I said, well, they told me inside. Who told you? I said, well, the fellow. And I, and they, no, we don't want that. I said, okay. I said, hey, by the way, let me. And I reached in here and gave him one of these gospel tracts. And I talked to him for a few moments. You know what? He started smiling at me. I said, I'm sorry I took your time today. Well, they told me to come, but I didn't tell them that, you know. And I, I said, okay. He said, I said, where, where do you think that I could get this? Well, you go over there to Salvation Army. They'll, they'll take it. They take that. They'll take it. And so I got my phone out and gave me directions how to get to that place. Seven and a half miles away, got on 280, and all this stuff. And I got there, and the guy's shaking his head. No, no, no. And I said, you know, um, I was told to bring it here. Well, who told you that? We talked for a while. I said, let me tell you something. And I, I, I got one of these tracks right here. I said, I'm, my wife and I, I've been, been at this church almost 50 years. I'd sure like to have you come. I said, well, God bless you. I said, you know the Lord, because I sure do. We had the nicest talk. He said, take it over to Goodwill. Well, I said, where's that at? So again, it's a big old, big old place. 7th Street over there, big, big, big. I drove in there, the guy's shaking his head. The guy at Salvation Army said, it probably cost you $25. The guy over here said, we don't take that. But you take it next door to the big warehouse, they'll take it. But it's probably going to cost you thirty-five dollars. I said, I don't really care. He goes, go all the way to the back, all the way to the back. Don't, don't. It says, employees go all the way to the back, all the way to the back. I got to the back, nobody's there. <laughs> I came back. There's a tent. All these people taking a break. They weren't very pleasant. I said, I rolled the window down. <laughs> Told what kind of truck I was driving. And I rolled the window down. And I said, hey, 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 fellas. I'm trying to find, we don't take that. <laughs> and I-, I left them, I promise you, with a smile. I stopped the truck right there. I got out and I saw a worker coming out. I said, hey, could you help me with something? I said, I'm trying to find a, <clears throat> they told me to bring it here. He went back inside. And he says, you know what? You go out in front of this other building and, and you can do it there. It's going to cost you somebody else. I said, I don't care. I want to get home. <laughs> I got there, and here I'm struggling with this big old piece of, and a guy pulled up behind me. And he, he saw me struggling with this. I had loaded it all. But I couldn't get it off by myself. And he said, you know, you need some help. I said, you know, sir, he was behind me going to drop something off. I said, I'd sure like. Some help. He helped me out. I, I said, Hey, how about do you know the Lord? Are you a Christian? He goes, No, I'm not. I'd like to tell you, let him cry. I said, I did not. I said, I need you in church. He may be here today. I said, I wish you'd come. You know, I'll tell you what, that young man, I left his prom, uh, presence and he was smiling. I, I I I got that off, but they said, We won't take this. You got to go back to the original place to take this off. I pulled up. The guy said, we don't take that. I said, I know. But they said they took this over here, but they want me to bring this over here. I said, okay. He said, you know, cost. I said, it's okay. He goes, but I won't charge you. I'd been there before. I said, you know, the Lord. He said, pastor, I sure do. Where do you go to church? Couldn't think of the name, but in a few minutes he got it. And he really had a good testimony. You know, that was two hours I did not have. Wasting that time. And I'm not as good a Christian as many of you are. But I thought when I left, every one of those people, there was many of them that day, I know everyone was encouraged. A, a, a lady, rough life, you could tell, she was working at one of these places. She came out the door. I smiled at her. I said, how's your day going? And you know, you could just tell it made her day. She smiled back. We talked for a few moments. She just kept moving. I'd like to enter people's presence and lift a burden. I don't need you to lift my burden. You don't need to have your children lift your burden. You need to lift their burden. But if they only knew the pressure I was at work, I know... You ought to know the pressure they're under in second grade learning fractions. That is a big load as you're carrying at your job. David said, is there anybody left? Let me close. The Civil War was at the heat of the battle. So many boys had been taken to hospitals, missing limbs and, and, and dying, most of them. And a man in Washington, D.C. had a practice. He'd slip out of the White House and he'd go to the hospital. Go from bed to bed visiting these boys that were dying. You came into one room and the young man did not recognize who he was. His name was Abraham Lincoln. And he said, son, how's it going? He said, they tell me I'm going to die real soon. Is there anything I could do for you? Not knowing he was speaking with the President of the United States, he said, would you take a letter? The letter said this, Mother, Father, John and Mary, God bless you. I love you. They say, I'm dying. I'll be gone in just a short time. I have no fear. I'm ready. I love you. And it was signed. But he said, sir, would you put your name that I actually dictated, I can't sign, but would you put your name that you wrote it for me? And he signed the boy's name and then signed in parentheses his name, Abraham Lincoln. The boy looked at it, and he held it there. He said, is this look good enough for you to send?" He said, are you Abraham Lincoln? He said, I am. Son, is there anything else I could do for you tonight? He said, Mr. Lincoln, I'm alone. Could you just stay by my side and hold my hand? till I pass. My mother's not here, my dad's not here, and John and Mary are not here, but could you just stay with me? The story tells us that Abraham Lincoln stayed all night long until the early morning hour and the sun was coming up and the boy breathed his last breath, just held his hand. Most of us don't have a lot of extra money, but we could hold somebody's hand. We could comfort somebody's life. You could smile at somebody. You could give something. You could write a note. We are living in Bar in America right now. And said, Dan, there's the seventh month of a civil war and millions have been displaced out of their homes. They're living in Sudan with no homes. They're scratching for food, and people are starving to death. In that civil war, they've come in, and they've taken women and children and brutalized them morally. They're chopping heads off in Sudan by the millions. What a tragedy. I think of how how that, there are so many people in, in Israel today and in Gaza and that whole region. I, I think of how, how these people are under attack in different areas in the world. It's an angry world. We're, we're, the more we outlaw God, the more loneliness and sorrow and frustration we see. Thank you for listening to the Audio Preaching Podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber.